Boom 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 Welcome to the Adult Gamer Community Podcast. I am Mellified and I'm joined in hosting duties today by the esteemed Fenrir765. And the man who goes by hip hop alotomous, if you know him well enough, it's Hoptimus. Uh, our community guest tonight is the one, the only Duke. And how are you doing tonight, sir, Mr. Duke? Oh, I don't know. I kind of feel all over the place tonight, which is followed uh, how my job has been going lately. Or I should say my business, since now that's apparently what's going on. Well, congratulations. That's always a, a big step. So, well, thank you. Fenrir, how about you, sir? How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. I can't complain at all. Yeah, you uh, survived. It's been a whole week since we did a podcast. Usually we have a little longer break, but uh, <laughs> our scheduling re- resulted in a in a back-to-back uh, action-packed podcast schedule. Um, you surviving? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, I have, what, uh, two, three weeks looking forward to not having talked to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, Optimus, sir. I'm. I'm good. I. Uh, it's worked out pretty good. The um, family flies back in tomorrow morning. I've been living the bachelor life. I made myself a freaking fantastic grilled turkey and cheese sandwich on the flat grill. It was fucking delicious. Oh, yeah. I love putting meat in my cheese. Uh. uh. Okay, on that note, it's been a pleasure tonight. Uh, We'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, it's going to be that kind of night. His mailbag, so. Right. Right. It's been a little empty lately, don't worry. So. (laughs) Oh, dear. Maybe you need to put more meat in your cheese and it won't be so empty. (laughs) True. Very true. Very true. (laughs) Oh. Uh, yeah, it's been interesting, guys. I, I, we had today, uh, Blizzard dropped a new dungeon uh, for World of Warcraft. We had Fortnite Chapter 2. And uh, as we are recording this, um, the League of Legends guys, Riot, are announcing a new game. So uh, Twitch has been, been lighting up. It's been keeping me really busy. Fenrir, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about fork knife oh yes um if you have any child that's of the elementary school age probably or even through high school you might have noticed this weekend that they were a little bit more jazzed up and angry and hulkish because of all the anger that they had because Fortnite shut down for two whole days right three days uh sunday to tuesday so bananas yeah, it's long enough for their uh, shakes and sweats to kick in, and they just had a all they could do is watch a black hole. Um, the whole map got sucked into a black hole, and then three days later, a uh, spat out a brand new map, a brand new game, pretty much, new vehicles, new some new weapons, uh, brand new battle pass. Um, it was a pretty big deal um i saw a tweet about something about parents having to parent again since their babysitter was no longer there uh yeah so it was kind of interesting also if you were you know of a certain age you probably thought hey why don't i try to input the konomic code here and and the main menu and all of a sudden you'd get a mini game 
that kind of played like a um, Space Invaders type thing, which That's is hilarious. So, so you weren't completely avoid uh, devoid of Fortnite. You just had a different version <laughs> of it to play. Damn but, it, Mel. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was it was interesting. So it's back, chapter two. It they have a lot of improvements and changes to the game. Uh, the battle pass is probably you've, one of the bigger things. That you've you've missed the most important update, though, Fen. How, what did I miss? Fishing. Oh yeah, fishing. You can go fishing in Fortnite while you're getting shot at. You can go and find loot in the lakes, or fish and eat them and yes. get health. It's yes. crazy. Um, so. Why? No game is complete unless it has a fishing mini game. Well, this means Zelk is going to play the game now because if it has fishing, <laughs> that's what right. he's play. I thought of him. I started up a playthrough of Torch Night 2 and I was like, oh, fishing. <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn on the podcast. I didn't know Zelk was a fisher. Oh, and, dude. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> like the fucking little... Uh, and that dog from Up when he sees a squirrel. Squirrel. It's like that, but with fishing games. Okay. Man, he should have uh, played Red Dead Redemption too, because the fishing in that was very robust. But, <laughs> um, anyways, Fortnite oh, two or Chapter two, it's back. It's bigger. It's badder. It's got fishing. <laughs> Yeehaw! Uh, so, on that note, um, thank you for the the uh, detailed report. My wife woke up. Not she didn't have an alarm set or anything, but she happened to wake up at four thirty and went. And basically started everybody's Xboxes and her PC uh, downloading the Fortnite patch this morning so that her and the kids could play all day. So that's my life, if you were wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Did your family watch the black hole on Twitch? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I got to hear all of the... uh, All the the emotion that came with the shutdown and... (laughs) Uh, and and as it turned out, I I you know was aware of what was going on uh, through work and uh, had to bite my tongue as far as when things were going to come back. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> it's it's always interesting. I mean, the fact that this game is that much, I don't know, pull across the world that it, when it shuts down, that it shut down all of children apparently so, um, childhood was canceled for the day pretty much um yeah it's amazing it's it's definitely got influence i saw a, an article talking about um lady gaga tweeting asking what Fortnite was <laughs> and apparently that got like over seven hundred thousand likes or something insane so i kind of wish i didn't know what Fortnite was i <laughs> I'm with you right there, Finn. Totally with uh, you. So, great news, Duke. Overwatch is coming out for the Switch. Oh, wait. That might be the case, but Blizzard has canceled the uh, Overwatch launch event in New York City. And, of course, was gracious enough to allow Nintendo to tell the customers. Of course, no details as to why that was done. Uh, speculation can be off the board. Pretty sure we all know why. Oh, yeah. And I, I will stop there and right. not say anything further. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair to say, I mean, it has something to do with the Hong Kong thing that they got going on with their Grandmasters tournament, but we don't have to go further into it. No. 
but we can talk about wait, Xbox wait, wait, wait. What? Duke, no? practice, okay, practice. Ready? Ready? No. <laughs> oh, 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 you're right. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Perhaps. We love you, Sith. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're going dear. to be making uh, uh, audio T-shirts for Sith, right? You know, you can press the chest and it'll actually say, it'll be his voice saying like Sith knows or perhaps or okay or I live no. in the I, I live in the 1950s, okay? <laughs> oh, Sith. We love you, oh, man. Oh, man. On we that do. note of... Uh, technology we've got uh google stadia the cloud console from google dropping november 19th 40 games um they have a, a huge list stuff that's definitely coming out on launch day stuff that's it's a lot of stuff that's already out assassin's creed odyssey Stray humans doom final fantasy 15 ghost recon breakpoint uh this game called jilt or glilt glight Google City exclusive. I don't know how to say that. They're getting Samurai Showdown, which is a great reboot of that. Um, Tomb Raider Trilogy. Windjammers 2 from the Neo Geo era. That's uh, that's some crazy stuff. But they have coming in the next year. Marvel's Avengers. Watchdog Legions. Doom Eternal. Destiny 2. Which I think comes... I think that actually comes out on that. I don't know why this one's not listed as the launch date. But... um. I was surprised to see Elder Scrolls online on that list because they've got it segmented by platform. So does that mean that you know the, is the Stadia is going to be with PC or are they going to be with Stadia? You know, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I it'll be interesting to see how this works. We also like Microsoft's got their X Cloud and beta, which some people are testing, which functions in a similar way. You're basically your inputs are being tracked and then sent right to the cloud where the game actually is so that's the only thing that's going through your pipe but they're also saying that um it could blow data caps right because of the amount of streaming you're doing i it was interesting i saw an article where if you just use the 1080p streaming option oh yeah that's gonna cut it way down it would cut it way down, but you would even if you played like your average twenty hours a week, or not a week, but whatever it is, your average time, what the average gamer plays a week for a month, you would go over your one terabyte. That makes sense. I have a buddy easily who, uh... just alone with the Stadia. I'm not talking about the other things when your wife is right. streaming Netflix. Yeah. You know? So he he had to up his bandwidth. We're technically on a soft cap. We technically have unlimited, but he was pumping like or he was between his business his gaming and then his wife's hulu and netflix addiction he was like over 12 gigabyte a month or something so that he had to upgrade to a higher class because he was breaking the soft cap yeah so i mean mel and i were talking before everybody came on into the the room to to record and we were i was just like there's no way that I would be interested in this because it would cost me more a month to do this than just buying a new right Xbox down the road. Like if yeah. if it didn't cost me any more to do this, 
then sure, heck yeah. And if the fidelity of the streaming and the and the latency was so low that it felt like it was coming from a console sitting inside my entertainment stand, then hell yeah, I'd be on board. As long as I can also play with my friends. But I'm not going to go to Stadia if I don't have any friends there either. Because it's very closed right now. There's no cross-play with anything. So, Stadia, you got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of ground to make up. I, I know something that Hybrid's mentioned a few times in chat is, and I, I certainly thought this was a great articulation of, of Stadia's problem, is who is it for? Yeah. Right. If you're if you're a hardcore gamer that you really want to play these games, you're already playing them in a different way. Well, it's right. just the, the Xbox X went through that whole thing. Who is it for? Who is it for? I mean, but it there's somebody out there that wants this. They wouldn't be doing it. It's just it's I don't know, I just don't see the mass market appeal right now for it. Maybe this is the entry level thing that we get, like the original Xbox, like, hey, here's a really cool thing. It's not the greatest thing yet, but it's cool. We're going to make it better in the future on the next iteration. Well, I but, don't know. but that's the thing is what is what is Google's upsell from this? They don't really have one with like with Microsoft today or with Sony, you go buy a PS4 and then if you really like it, you buy a PS4 Pro or you go to the PS5. Um, Microsoft same thing, Xbox S, Xbox X and then Scarlet. There's nowhere really to go with Stadia. I mean, I guess you go from 1080p to 4K maybe, but you're still buying the games full price. Yeah, I think that that's what it becomes. It becomes about the next level of graphical integration. Uh, That's not what I want to say. But, I mean, you go from 1080p to 4K to 8K to 16, 32, whatever, as the years go on. Hmm. Without having to buy any new hardware and yeah, potentially I your mean, games get you know upscaled. I mean, let's face you- it. Eventually, you're going to have to buy new hardware. I mean, it, it's going to have to handle that bandwidth traffic of the amount of data coming in and out of it. And ten years from now, that's not going to be the case for something as small as a Chromecast. Because I mean, that's what you're playing on is a Chromecast Ultra. It's nothing fancy i mean eventually that thing is going to become outdated yeah and what do you do then folks what do you do then now you go Um, read a book (laughs) or you go buy microtransactions right you uh do a walkabout in australia well if if you decided that maybe mobile gaming was the better option um, there was kind of a, a disturbing uh, panel at a recent conference on mobile gaming where one of the developers was talking about their ability to spot whales. That's, you know, whale is kind of the industry term for players who will spend a lot of money on microtransactions. They were able to find them with 87% accuracy. Wow. And their goal was then to target those customers with special microtransaction offers that were more appealing to try and you know keep them spending money. Um, and, and this is part of kind of a disturbing trend over the last year or two where we've been learning that um, different developers have been playing with different ways to really get their hooks into you with these microtransactions. Uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery tested 
different prices for their microtransactions on different groups of, of cup of players. So, you know, kind of a random experiment to see what was the most effective pricing. Um, Activision patented this one. This one just, wow. Uh, they patented a matchmaking system where it pitted players without good gear against those who had bought good gear to try to encourage you to be like, oh man, I really want that cool skin or I want that cool trinket on my gun that I saw those other people have on their gun. So I'm going to go spend more money, which is wow. How manipulative and, um, friggin' EA, man, they, they are just the, the bottom of the, the pile for this stuff. It seems to me after battlefront Two, star Wars battlefront two, um, <laughs> They have a patent that basically they'll give you better loot in your loot boxes if you buy them more quickly. So if you buy a bunch of loot boxes, you'll get better loot. So this totally explains why uh, my mobile games have been really trying hard to sell me a bunch of waifus. Uh, yep. And, and they've been pretty <laughs> successful at it. In fact, <laughs> I'm pretty certain... That they have in one of the games that buy quickly get thing because I did like a purchase from one of the ads that popped up. Yes, I know I'm horrible, Will, and uh, and I literally got the number one drop from that loot box for that one time. It's like yes, let me open my credit card again. Yep, yep, absolutely, and that's the that's the the hooks that they get in and the psychology of it. It's just it, it well, and it's bad enough that they're doing this to adults, right? You you do have the ability to at least recognize that you're being, uh, you know, fish, you're, they're, they're fishing in your wallet. Right. Yeah. Um, the frightening thing to me is that this is, these are in games that children play. Right. And how messed up is that, that, uh, these kids are being manipulated in this way with these psychological tricks. It just, that really, really bothers me, uh, personally being right. a, Isn't it as a parent. Belgium? who considers loot box gambling. Yep, yep. Uh, and they've basically had to uh, have a couple of the game developers had had to take out the loot boxes as a result. Yeah, I mean, in a way it is. I mean, it's like the lottery. You you spend someone a, a set price to potentially get something you really, really want. And as an adult, we really want billions of dollars. So we we pay the two bucks, but in the game you're paying the two bucks to hopefully have a chance at getting this crazy item that you think would be look really good or what what is it called a waifu Waifus? waifu waifu <laughs> what yes um you know but the the it it's predatory practice and it's not cool the way that they're handling it i mean if it was just kind of a straightforward roundabout way i mean it's one of the reasons why I love Borderlands so much is they, <laughs> the Borderlands 3, they have completely attacked this loot box thing, like full tilt, like made fun of it, attacked it, made it, you know, a comedy of things. I mean, it, it's been hilarious every time I come across the reference of loot boxes or pay to win or um, all that crap. It's just, it's been interesting how some developers won't embrace it how others have gone full tilt into it and said this is our business model this is how we're going to make money and it's shameful i'm sorry it's absolutely ridiculous well and and at the end of the day um the reason they do it is because it makes the money 
And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if we see a government, you know, intervention or um, the industry kind of self-regulates this behavior because uh, I would be of the opinion that any game with loot boxes should be rated M or the equivalent on, you know, mobile platforms. Um, Cause that's really my, my personal issue is I really don't like this psychology being, being used on kids. Um, you know, you go to Vegas, you expect to lose at the casino. Well, you, or you should expect to lose at the casino. Um, and this is kind of the same thing as an adult, but I don't think kids have that level of, of understanding what's going on, really going on. They don't, and also their brains are still developing, and we know from science that the way you think uh, changes the way that your brain restructures itself. So you have these children who are basically being taught that this is normalized behavior, and then their brain pathways are adjusting to that and making quicker connections towards that whole uh, gambling psychology. So yeah, in a sense, yeah. It's, it's developing early gamblers. We already see a huge issue with instant gratification in today's world i mean growing up we could probably all at various stages you know i'm probably the youngest person on this show right now but like we can all probably say that growing up we didn't have that instant gratification piece in life like you had to in essence work or you know push forward to get something that you wanted and now it's just at your fingertips. I mean, hell, if you don't know something, you just ask your smart device of some sort, whether it's, you know, the Amazon Echo or, you know, Google Siri or whatever it is. I mean, you can get it immediately. And as a teacher, I see it all the time with kids. Like, well, I, I don't know. I'm just going to go look it up with Google and I'll find the answer right now. And there's no, you know, time to process it and to store that information into your brain so you just rather fed to you on a silver platter and like oh look i paid two bucks and i got it now i'm good to go right mm -hmm. so i mean i said this earlier to you mel you know as in my games if i have to pay to become better at it than optimus or duke or you then i quit i'm not gonna play that game anymore i i don't want to feel like I have an unfair advantage over the people I'm playing with or against because I happen to have paid more money and vice versa. I don't like being beaten because somebody just paid $10 to get two damage over my one damage. So I'm out. I'm going to go to another game and keep playing. And eventually if that just leads me to only single player games, then that's what leads me to this, this loot box and microtransaction, all this crap is just, it's going to ruin games. It's going to make it impossible for people to just sit down and enjoy it without having to mortgage their house to keep playing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we've, we've covered this in uh, excruciating detail. I'm angry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, Hey, I picked this story because it makes me angry too. I mean, it's, it's definitely, yeah, they're definitely bullshit. That's for sure. Um, so hop, uh, anything to add, or do you want to move on to some game updates? Uh, no, I think game updates, we can go find, um, the division two is actually getting a huge update. I was like hovering over the, do I uninstall this? Cause nobody's playing it, but looking at this update, it's kind of interesting. Um, tell me more, some game balance stuff. 
a lot of game balance stuff. Um, players in the forums are pretty happy. Uh, some new main mission balances. There's a new specialization called the Technician. Um, it looks like they made a lot of quality of life improvements over certain things. Uh, let's see, what was the other thing I saw in here? There's so many things. Um, new sets, 38 new branded gear pieces. Control point officers will now revive all down players, which is great. Um... Enemies will no longer drop crafting materials the player is currently capped out on, so they'll drop something you actually need. That's a good thing. Uh, right? There's just a ton of quality of life improvements. It, it seems like they're kind of paying attention to, like, pretty much like Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls level kind of tweaks to make it better. So we'll see. I'm, and somebody, um, not on the forum here but on reddit one of the guys was saying that the um the enemies feel less bullet spongy after this hmm. update well that that's been a interesting change just from the division one to two so it's nice if that they're right reducing it further because yeah but it looks like i mean if you haven't played it in three or four months like i have jumping back in is going to be like oh crap how do i play this game again <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, and they were saying this is this was my number one complaint. The game was freaking hard if you played by yourself, and people are saying now it feels like you can actually play the game by yourself and survive. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That was my big complaint is it was really challenging to play by yourself. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the only interesting game update I saw. Melfi, do you got a update for us on another game here? I do. Uh, War Groove was a multi-platform kind of spiritual successor to the old uh, Game Boy Advance Wars uh, titles, kind of a turn-based little fun strategy game. And uh, the developer Chucklefish announced a free DLC called Double Trouble. They're adding a brand new co-op story campaign that you can play solo couch co-op or online co-op uh they have three new commanders two new units new arcade missions competitive online quick play maps including some uh community the community's most com most competitive maps um private and public lobbies now so you can play custom campaigns online and you can uh pair up with just your friends they have a new volcano map theme more uh updates to the editing tools they added uh some additional music as well so this seems like a pretty meaty update um Wargroove was fairly unique in in that it had um cross save and cross play with pc xbox and switch oh, that's no cool. word no word if they're going to go back and add playstation um Supposedly, Sony's stance has changed on crossplay. Um, but when Sony first announced that they were opening up, uh, the Chucklefish guys had said that that Sony told them, in no uncertain terms, forget it. We're never doing it with you, um, which is sort of a weird message. But um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I'm I'm really excited. I enjoyed playing this, although I never finished the campaign. But co-ops always always makes it uh, a little more fun to play. All right, so you've heard me talk a few times about how we fund, uh, tag the website, the 
um, podcasts, and even our Minecraft realm. It's through you clicking on our Amazon affiliate links. Easiest way to do this, pop on our Discord, paste the Amazon link. A bot uh, that our wonderful friend Hybrid Havoc wrote will spit out the referral link. If you use the referral link, Tag uh, gets a little kickback from Amazon for that referral. And uh, it doesn't change your price at all. It's kind of built in to what you pay, but it sure does help Tag cover all those bills. So uh, please try to take an extra minute, especially if you start your Christmas shopping. It can make a, uh, things a lot easier on us every month paying the bills. So Mr. Fenrir, how's your big sack doing? I guess sure, it was empty. Uh, still not doing too well. Still empty. You know, no one, no one's bold enough to dare ask you guys a question that you've never been asked before dun, on the dun, internet. Uh, well, Duke, yeah. do you have a question? Yes, Fen. How much sushi can you eat in a, in a night? You know, I actually put that to the test not too long ago at a, <laughs> a, a sushi party. Um, are we talking like? Full rolls? Are we talking about just individual pieces? I'd I say mean, individual pieces. Oh, I think I go with probably about. I say 20, 25. 20? Yeah. That sounds. But then I'm going to be really uncomfortable and not sleep for the next, like, for the rest of the evening, because that's what happened to me last time. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, it was some of the best damn sushi in my life, and it was so good. I'm a sucker for soft shell crab, so. Well, I'm Duke, with you right there. How many pieces could you put down? <laughs> uh, I am actually not a huge fan of sushi, so. Well, damn. I I have not put that to the test. Yeah. Okay. Mel, so, <clears throat> well, I, I was going to say, so one of the fundamental questions is, uh, do you consider California roll sushi? Um, for those who are not initiated in the, the sushi culture, uh, California roll is um, usually fake crab meat with a little bit of avocado and wrapped in seaweed and rice. Um, a lot of people, because there's no actual fish in it, don't consider it to be real sushi so um, i use it as my palate cleanser because i'm not a huge fan of ginger so <laughs> i kind of put it in between like different rolls i switch back and forth with but oh. i do enjoy a good california roll not gonna lie well I, I for for me i would say my wife could probably eat all the sushi if it was california roll she's a huge fan um personally i've had a couple times, at least 24 pieces, three rolls uh, over the course of an evening. So I think I could probably put down about 50 pieces of sushi if I had to. Damn. That's impressive. Pop. Yeah, I mean, it would depend. I, I, I really like sushi. So let's say I fasted all day. Let's say I got a real good training session in. And yeah, I have probably easily match mellified in that regard if it's sushi. Yeah. All right, I think we should have an eating contest between the guys. <laughs> That's what this calls for because we need to know who is the king of sushi. 
the problem, the thing you have to remember with all those uh, online food competitions is somebody else is paying for all of the hot dogs or the pie or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. We need um, a, a Patreon. We need a sponsor or Patreon. Yeah, if we have a sponsor, then maybe we can You know what? Off. We have a really good all-you-can-eat sushi place here. It's only like 30 bucks, and I mean, that's some of the best sushi, and you can eat as much as you want. So... You guys just come out to Indiana. We'll we'll go out to this all you can eat sushi place and we'll put this to a test. All right. Well, if you want to spend the money to fly me out there, I will <laughs> gladly take yeah. you up on that. I saved twenty bucks on the sushi, but I had to spend five hundred on the plane ticket. Right. So. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that was the best. Uh, Stop the- coming up with logic to. <laughs> <laughs> Stud Knuckle last week was just telling us we need to have more get-togethers. Come on. There we go. That's true. That's true. Um, well, let's move on from the Sushi Geddon uh, conversation to everybody's playlist. So, Duke, man, as our guest, we what have you been playing this last uh, recently, I guess? So, when I'm not playing Borderlands 3, which is pretty much all the time, I'm also playing Destiny 2 and then going through a third time with Nier Automata. Um, but the brunt of it has been Borderlands 3. It's just such a fun game there's so much great humor in it um i've had a great time playing with everybody in tag uh it's a fantastic cooperative title the only thing that's frustrating which i think anybody who's playing on an xbox can agree with is the unfortunate uh, the player co-op crash bug yeah the player co-op yeah. crash bug that also it seems to affect mostly people with an xbox one x that's what i've noticed too because uh someone with a one s was telling me they don't have that problem at all yeah I've only had like two crashes in that game. Rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks. you, Fen. Uh, yeah. Destiny Two. I've been enjoying. Um, it's still Destiny, and uh, it has its place in my life as a grinding game, especially now that uh, I literally cannot go back to World of Warcraft. Are you playing? Are you playing that on Xbox or PC? Xbox. Or both. So I have the Shadowkeep expansion on Xbox, um, but I kind of jump into PC every now and then. Yeah, I've been talking to a few people, including our resident Sith and uh, another guy that comes to the gym I work at. And uh, they've mentioned, both have mentioned that the PvE is fine, but the Crucible has been really laggy on both PS4 and PC. I don't know if you've done any Crucible on Xbox. I don't. I, I have not yet. I've been purely focusing on PvE because I do not have Sith to carry me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Just wanted to check. Yeah, I, I still need to play some more Destiny too. It's uh I I, I got like warped all the way to power level seven fifty, so Yeah. Take advantage. Yeah, take I advantage of it. it. And it's I free. I almost downloaded it today, but I decided not to. Yeah, it's free. I mean Try it out at least. Come on, Fen. All the other kids are doing it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resist temptation. I'm also not going to play it again. I just have too <laughs> many other games to play. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Near Automata, you're playing through for a third time to get another ending, or you're just playing for fun? I'm just playing it for fun. So I've purchased it three times I've uh, on different platforms. <laughs> wow. I So this is my third time playing through it all the way through, this time on Xbox, the first time in 4K. Um, 
It's just something to be said about the combination of the art style, uh, definitely the music, and then the uh, existential <laughs> depression is what I'd call it for the story um, that uh, gets me every time. And I don't know. I, I feel it's like a comfort game, I suppose, uh, for me. When I, when I play through it, I just kind of forget everything else that's going on and I get absorbed into it. Very cool. Well, Hop, how about you, man? What have you been playing? Um, Borderlands 3, but it's kind of right now I'm kind of hitting... I'm not playing as much. I've kind of maxed out Amara with a lot of gear. I just jump on and help people when they need some help. I did try a second character, but I'm not feeling him, so I'll probably just use him as a mule. Um, I've been playing uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 Clone Commando Edition. That's its official title now. Um, Rainbow Six Siege. Got in some games the other night. I actually stole Fen away to play with Monarga. Um, my game-sharing buddy picked up Torchlight 2. I kind of started that. I don't know if I'm ready for another loot game right now. I think I need... I think... This is going to sound crazy. Ready? I need a loot game break. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're not hop anymore. <laughs> That's not possible. Um, you know what I have been just enjoying the living shit out of is that Sega Genesis Mini. That has been, like, my go-to. I turn it on... I can just focus on a game. I can play some stuff I never got to play or play different. So the cool thing is you can switch the language to Japan, and when you switch to Japan, you get the Japanese versions of the games. So Contra Hardcore on the Japanese release, your character has a life bar. It has unlimited continues. It's not as brutal as the American one, so it's actually kind of fun to play. It's still tough, but it's not the American version. That game is freaking like retardo tough. Um, and also the Japanese version of Sonic 1 has some slight changes that we never got because the U.S. got Sonic 1 first. When they released it in Japan, they added a bunch of parallax scrolling and some um, adjustments to the enemies. That's pretty cool. I've also been playing Shinobi 3 again because that game's just phenomenal. And then the newly English translated Monster World 4, which is, as far as I know, only on the Genesis Mini and then I think on the... Um, was on the last uh, Sega Genesis Classics collection. It was never released in cartridge form in the U.S. anyway. And that's a really, really pretty 2D side-scrolling uh, RPG game that actually puts a lot of those indie games that people pedal out on the store to shame because it looks better than them and it's built on hardware from 40 years ago. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that's, uh, that's what Hop's been up to. What about you, Finn? Tell us about uh, Gears Land Three Fifths. I finally beat them both. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it was great. It was a good feeling. I did play. I did play some Gears Five multiplayer with the Maximus crew, and they actually tweaked it a little bit, and it was a lot more fun. So I'm gonna probably slowly eke into playing a little bit of that more. Don't give up on her. Don't give up on her yet, man. The campaign was great. Yeah. What did you think of the campaign of Gears Five? It was awesome. Oh my goodness! It. It hits all the right notes at the right time. I was talking with uh, Mick Switch earlier today, and we were just kind of going back and forth on the story arc on a few characters, and you know we're kind of feeling the same thing. And I don't want to say too much without for spoiling it, but it's it's a really well done story, and they do some things that are very interesting in the end, and the way the the roller coaster goes, it it's very much 
act one and two is very much that that climb up the big hill and then when you get most of the way through act three it just all of a sudden just it's full on straight towards the ground until you hit the end of act four and it's a cool ride i i think they did a really good job with the story and the components and the mechanics of the the gameplay for the story was really well done um I'm really curious to see what they do with Gear 6. I have my opinions on that. But again, to avoid spoilers, I'm not going to dive too far into it. So if you've beaten Gears 5 and you want to talk about it, you need somebody to uh, to hold your hand and talk to you about how it ended, then then give your buddy Fenrir 765 a call. Do we have to hold hands? No. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if that was like what you were getting out of it. But it will help you with your feels, I promise. Or now you're just spoiling that it has a sad ending. No. It, it has an ending. <laughs> what a surprise. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, go I, ahead. I was going to say, and with last week when uh, Mel was talking about the uh, the people who never play video games thing, um, I, I took the liberty of trying to convince my wife to play Overcooked with me because I got it free. <laughs> That didn't go well. Yeah. Just, just leave it at that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the relationship ending simulator. Oh, yeah. It, it's more to do with the fact that, like, the timer was creating anxiety <laughs> that didn't need to exist. And she just looked at me and said, never again. Oh, no. So I, I think there's another game out there that I could convince her to play, but I just haven't found it yet. So, so how is sleeping on the couch? <laughs> Luckily, it didn't get to that level because we we stopped pretty early on. Okay, okay. So, and then six Rainbow Six Siege with uh, Hop. It's been fun. I really enjoy the game. I just need to learn their operators. I don't know them, and I don't know the maps. And the maps, yeah. yeah. The, knowing the maps is huge. So once I figure that out, or at least figure out one or two operators, I think I'll be a little bit more successful with the game. But Terrace Hunt is a ton of fun. Yep. Yeah. Um, I am not playing Rainbow Six Siege because my account is still broken. <laughs> Fuck you, Ubisoft. Fuck you very much. Um, finished Greedfall this week. I was having some weird Xbox issues. My my family room Xbox at home would not launch the game. It would get through the, the HDR load screen and then crap out. Uh, but I found when I went on a business trip that my travel Xbox, because yes, I have a travel Xbox, uh, would play it just fine. So I basically switched them and uh, then I factory reset my family room one and now it works fine too. So a uh, little bit of knowledge that I will share is that doing the full factory reset, delete everything, nuke it back to the Stone Age and start over um, did solve some of my problems just like reinstalling windows big surprise uh i've also after finishing readfall picked up uh mortal Kombat 11 i uh have been enjoying playing as the terminator um i don't know if you guys have followed hoppa you especially have seen the what they've done with the terminator character i saw um, that he was coming out i didn't see the details. well if you yeah, if you light the Terminator on fire, he like goes down into a crouch and then comes up as the endoskeleton. Nice. 
um, and it has the appropriate sound effects. Like when you punch, it's metal sounding. Um, if you do like the X-ray attacks, where you can see, you know, the bones breaking normally, it actually shows the endoskeleton underneath um, the Terminator. It's just they did a really good job, and there is a fantastic video I posted in the fighting channel on Discord where it shows all the little Easter egg uh, intros that are pulled directly from Arnie's cinematic uh, library. So they recreated, you know, little little scenes from a bunch of his movies as intros with different characters. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, the game, I mean, the game's still super gruesome, over the top, just completely insane. But they have added some co-op content to it, so you can play through, you know, fighting like super hard bosses and things uh, with a friend. And uh, um, they've continued to have a lot of towers and different uh, interesting modes, time modes on it. So certainly worth checking out. The story's pretty good. Um, I just desperately wish that we could go back and play Mortal Kombat. The reboot, a.k.a. Mortal Kombat 9, that set up the storyline. Um so you kind of get the full story, but unfortunately it's not backward compatible on the Xbox. So too bad. Right. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, all right. So let's move on to community updates. Mr. Hoptimus, what happens on Mondays? Monday night game night is a great night where a few of us try to get together and play something different. Uh, Fireman Batista sets up a schedule of games. People talk about them. And then we play them. Last, this past Monday, we did Titanfall 2, and that was so much fun. I Every time I play that game again, I forget how fast and frantic and fun it can be, but also how frustrating and how much you want to punch the other guy in the <laughs> face across the <laughs> internet who steals your mech and runs away or snipes you from across the map. It's a very, very fast game. Especially, I think we played that last night, and the last multiplayer game I had played before that, I think, was... Gears 5 and Rainbow 6, so it went from a really slow tactical game to a semi-slow tactical game to, holy crap, this game's really fast, everything's blowing up, and I have a mecha. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, it looks really good. Um, it's, it's really cool, and I think next Monday is Friday the 13th, because it's free on... Uh, Oh, right, yeah, that's the new Games with Gold. Right now, so I think... Let me look. He posted up the schedule. Anyway, yeah, so it's... uh, Next week is... No! Battlefront 2 Clone (gasps) Commando Edition. Yeah, October 21st. And then October 28th will be Friday the 13th, which makes more sense. So if you haven't downloaded your free copy of Friday the 13th, grab it. If you haven't bought Star Wars Battlefront 2, it's pretty cheap most of the time. Titanfall 2 is on sale this week for under $5 for anybody on Xbox, by the way. Uh, The campaign alone is worth $5, so check that out. Uh, Thursday nights. What happens on Thursdays, Duke? Thursday is the traditional holy day for TAG. It is Halo Night, and we play a mixture of Halo 5 and uh, Master Chief Collection. Uh, particularly last week we did the Master Chief Collection and I was reminded about how much older and wiser um, I feel as a Spartan when I play the Master Chief Collection. Uh, what were we saying? We were, <laughs> we were cracking up because we were so slow. You were calling it like 
grandpa with the bad hip edition, or I don't remember. It was hysterical, though. I was dying. Crossing the street with your walker. That's what it was. You'll eventually, yeah. you'll eventually get home and be able to uh, open the fridge and make a sandwich by uh, 5 p.m., and then you're going to go to bed at 6 p.m. Right. Be sure to take your leave before your teabag. It absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Mel, do we do any reading with Tag? Well, some of us do in the book club channel. We have a, a, a spooky selection this month, A Head Full of Ghosts, a novel by Paul Tremblay. Um, this is described as a twisted and fun mind-bendingly scary sad sweet funny sick terrifying hilarious smart and satisfying novel so uh that's a pretty pretty bold recommendation but if you want to check it out and chat with us uh join in the uh book club channel the role you'll need to add the role uh in the roles room so Fenrir sir nobody has had any time for Minecraft lately nope it's been everybody's uh, been busy. Everybody's been busy with all their other things in life, and they've just forgotten all about their first true love of <laughs> building with blocks. And there's a new honey block. Yeah, and you apparently you can wall run with it, mm -hmm. so you, you can take, parkour. You could take Titanfall two and put it into Minecraft. <laughs> so here we go. Um, nice. Yeah, Minecraft Realm, the the adult gamer Minecraft Realm. It's there. It's ready for you whenever you want to come in, Optimus, and join us oh. and build out on things. And emphasis uh, on the adult uh, yes. in the Minecraft Realm, by the way, not suitable for work or children. <laughs> yeah. So come join us. It's a good time. And uh, once games start dying down a little bit, we'll probably have a little bit more time to run around in there. So. Alrighty, well, thank you so much. Um, we have a deep dive topic that I know is uh, near and dear to Duke's heart and my heart as well. Um, we wanted to talk tonight about games and mental health. Um, Duke is our guest. Do you, where do you want to start off on this? I mean, obviously, we could probably talk about this for another hour. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Tag has an actual very significant and special place in this uh for me um a couple people on tag i've told uh, how i got involved with the community in the first place was basically as a, as a social experiment um i was in, an, in a very very bad place i wasn't socializing with anybody i was completely isolated uh i would not leave to I basically wouldn't leave my apartment unless it was around midnight or whatever just because I didn't I didn't want to run into anybody um, and by the way that does explain why I went weeks at a time eating nothing but delivery pizza so now that mystery is solved I, for you I guys was, I was there for that you were there for that yes you were um, so I, I was looking for a gaming community to help me break out of that out of the pattern um because in the past games had helped me um at least build connections during vulnerable points in my life so i gave tag a try and my thought was well if this doesn't work out i'm just giving up on people and totally but as it happened um one night hybrid havoc invited me 
to a Halo night, and I didn't really talk much. Uh, I don't even know if I had myself muted or if I was laughing, but from that point on, um, I, I was just drawn into it because of how welcoming and understanding the people were at TAC. Uh, so there you go. There's, there's Duke's origin story to tag. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. I, I, I look forward to the film adaptation starring <laughs> uh, a Hollywood star. Are you hoping for, uh, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? You know, I think Ben Affleck would be better because he just has, he looks more gloomy and I think you need to, you need to start with a gloomy character, um, for my story. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you were kind enough to provide uh, some links to help uh, flesh out this topic tonight. And, you know, the consistent message is that games help uh, with depression and anxiety. I know I worked at a VR startup years ago and we had a lot of people working with like a fear of heights because in VR you could experience that terrifying look over the edge of something in a completely safe way and kind of train your brain not to panic in that in that situation. Right. So it was it was basically working as exposure therapy. Yes, exactly, exactly. But, you know, at any point, the person uh, participating could pull the helmet off and or flip up the, the visor and just be in a, a comfortable room and, and be okay. Yeah. Um, but that was really, uh, I mean, that was 25 years ago now. Um, so for me, that was something that, that first introduced me to the idea that, you know, the technology could, could help um, people overcome, you know, um, their their own mental you know boundaries, but um, it's interesting. One of the one of the articles here talks about doing a study with correlating children's creativity, and the more time they spent playing video games, the more creative they were across race or gender. Um, but there was no correlation when they were using the computer for non-gaming activity. So playing games made them more creative. And uh, anecdotally, you know, I've certainly seen that with my own kids. They they love to they stay up late telling each other stories, and they all participate in this imagination world, right? Where they weave stories sometimes way past their bedtime. <laughs> but um, you know, that's that's like an interesting positive because so often we hear about the negative of games. Right. And especially now, it's uh, I feel games be, have become sort of a, a whipping point politically, you know, a, a way for people who are not familiar with video games in general to come up with an explanation for the violence that they see in our country. And I mean, I can understand it from that point of view, but um Another one of the articles talks about how video games are helping soldiers uh, overcome their post-traumatic disorder uh, by, in some cases, allowing them to relive it again, the, sort of the exposure therapy of the, the falling heights. And um, it's just really interesting to see uh, this idea that video games, in, which will translate into virtual worlds in the future, um, can provide that safe haven that they can't really get anywhere else in the world 
um, and then communicate that across to them without it, it feeling patronizing or, or judgmental. It almost happens at an, at a subconscious level. Uh, you, you, I know played a fair bit of world of Warcraft in over the years. Oh yeah. Um, do uh, you know certainly wow i remember being told you know your game uh i worked on wow for those who don't know um on the technical side um your game you know made my brother drop out of college mm-hmm. uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> you know it's sort of a an awkward conversation from that point on but yeah um you know there, there's a lot of negativity associated with games like world of warcraft but you know, I'm curious what your experiences, both positive and negative, were, particularly from like a mental health issue or aspect. Um, so, World of Warcraft and games like it were uh, an emotional escape for me. Um, at the time that World of Warcraft came out, I was uh, basically the live-in personal caretaker for my mother, who uh, has a very violent schizophrenia, um, and so escaping from her delusional fantasy world was what world of warcraft became for me and it was sort of a a way for me to isolate um social connections that i had developed in that game from the social connections that i had in real life because of her destructive behavior so it, it was always a positive for me really i i never felt a compulsion to play um and i think for that it's kind of with a lot of things. I mean, food can be an addiction, um, but does that make food bad? No, not necessarily. Uh, addiction is a disease in and of itself under mental health. Now, as we discussed earlier with um, the psychological effects of, of the whales, you can develop mm-hmm. a video game in a bad way to affect people um, in a negative way too, um, for certain. Yep. Well, we've been talking. You, Duke, you and I have been talking for a while. I'm curious if uh, Fen, you have any any other thoughts or questions, topics you want to bring up around this. I mean, I th- I thought Duke talked about. He brought up the fact that you know video games has been targeted as the whipping post for a lot of the atrocities and and violence and things that have happened in the world today, and. And I think that has a lot to do with the way that as gamers and as game media and uh, just media in general puts a focus on such games as Call of Duty, uh, uh, Overwatch, and, you know, whatever. These big, massive marketing, Grand Theft Auto, you know, these games that have these violent things, they focus on it, but they forget about all these other smaller games that are out there that do such a great job for people uh one of the ones in 2016 that dragon cancer was one of the most highly critical games or not critic critically rated critically rated games because it was a storytelling uh of going through the process of being diagnosed with cancer and going through that whole life of like it, it was a way of somebody dealing with that and it helped other people who were going through the same thing and understand that they can fight this, they can get through this, they can make it work. Um, I, I share an article with you guys from the New York times 
uh, earlier this year, and it talked about games like Celeste, which, you know, I played through Celeste, and it's a fun platforming game, and has a lot of challenge to it, but it's all about this girl dealing with depression, and dealing with, you know, her inability to accept something and move on, and how she, how does she do that, and, you know, I can go on and on about a list of all these games that are out there that are been these spotlights for people who are dealing with certain issues that they don't have a way to see that and recognize that in the in the media that they they choose to be part of and now they get the opportunity to do that and they can kind of say hey you know what maybe I can work through this maybe I can put, find a way to help myself or help somebody else I know that needs it um you know it it's a really interesting thing because I started a playthrough of Hellblade and, you know, they say to play that game with headphones so that way you can get the full immersion experience. And, you know, that game's all about psychosis. And, like, I don't, I would never understand that side of the coin until I played that. Like, it, it was disturbing at times playing that game going like, what in the hell is happening? Like I'm hearing these things that are going on that aren't actually happening in the game. And how does that impact things? How does that impact the character? So it gave me a new lens to look through in these areas of mental health that I would never be able to experience myself um, to that level, if you will. So. Yeah, I, I had a similar story. My brother-in-law uh, recently was released after 20 years in a mental institution uh, having paranoid schizophrenia. Um, and the reason that he was placed in that facility was because he jumped out of the car at a stoplight and beat the shit out of a guy standing on the street corner because the guy was talking shit about him. Except the guy didn't say anything to him. It was all just the, the voices in his head you know, driving him to that paranoia. Um, and playing Hellblade was really eye-opening to at least have a glimmer of understanding, some appreciation of, you know, what what that must be like for him every single day of his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, we live in a world where mental health is becoming more of a buzzword every single day. And it's, you know as a teacher, we discuss it all the time. We talk about the mental health of these kids that we're working with and what's going on, the trauma that's been in their lives. And sometimes video games is the escape for them to, to reconcile what they've been dealing with so that they can come to school and go to other things and function at a normal level that is, uh, allowing them to become the best versions of themselves by getting away from the things that are bothering them um, or that are tra- traumatic to them at home. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to have this escape, this, this way to get away from things on at such a high need that we do now. And I guess the question is, is it really a, a now thing or has it always been there? Has it always been a need, something that we needed? I don't know. Well, I, uh, I think part of that is the, um, Currently in our Western society, mental health is at an all-time high. And part of that is that kids don't get to play like 
when I was a kid, and probably maybe Mel, because we're similar in age, when we were kids, like, you play outside all day. Shit, your parents would call you. Maybe when the sun went down, they'd tell you to come inside for dinner. But other than mm-hmm. that, they didn't they, they didn't have to worry about you playing outside, even down the street or a block over, because everybody was cool with each other. Nobody was going around, shooting each other, stealing kids, getting them doped, taking little girls, putting them in sex prostitution rings. That stuff didn't happen. But somewhere along the way, over the past 20, 30 years you know, a combination of different events in society that kids aren't getting that decompression time to just go play and explore. So for some of them, I'm sure video games are a great outlet, especially these world building games or just these, or just interacting some online, some I am just to speak from my sort of experience. What gaming is for me is I am pretty introverted. I know this is going to sound hard to believe with my job and, with how social I can be, but I need, I need decompression time and gaming is one of my decompression times. Cause I can just game and not think about other things or be in a socially awkward situation. And I'm, I'm actually not socially awkward, but if I get around large crowds for a long period of time, it kind of drains me and I, <laughs> I need to like recharge. So for me, that's, that's what gaming does for me. And I think for some people, I think, not having the ability to play. I mean, I still think that kids need physical play, but in the absence of any sort of safe physical play, gaming might be the closest thing they can get for now. And, and, uh, it's sad to say, but, um, yeah, mental until they start to see the, the need to make sure that we're, faster diagnosis you know and my wife's a teacher too Finn, so i know you know she brings up that stuff and me being working in the fitness industry you can see the difference in people when they start to exercise regularly compared to when they're not there's a it definitely changes your mental outlook but i think that gaming when done appropriately can also help your mental outlook Anything done to excess can be an issue. Right. Yeah. And we know that. We understand that. And it goes back to that whole conversation with Duke that, you know, food, if you're addicted to food, it's going to become a problem. And, you know, addiction is a, is a, isn't it, is an issue. It's a disease. It's a, it's a fact that people have it and they struggle with it. I mean, I, I told a story a while ago about a buddy who, was so deep into that world of Warcraft tunnel that he, you know, installed it at four o'clock in the morning on my computer in my dorm room in college Mm. um, while he was visiting from another university. And, you know, but he was able to break out of that cycle eventually. And, you know, he's off doing great things with his life. But the, the thing is, I think there is a component to games that is very important and that can be beneficial if used in the right way. If it if it's just being used as a babysitter, as I joked about earlier, as just as a like, you know, all right, Billy, just go play your Fortnite, and I'll, I'll see you in three hours. You know, I don't think that meets that level of need. Oh no, it it won't. And those are unfortunately the children that 
with those neglectful parents, particularly between the ages of, well, when they're born to 12, that's going to leave a lasting impact on them. That's, that's Man, going to affect it, them. I just saw another story about, um, you see this a lot too, uh, parents using like iPhones and iPads as babysitters for really young kids, like mm-hmm. really young, like way too young to be using these things, like under the age of three. If your kid's under that age and you're throwing an iPad or iPhone at them all the time, it's going to cause all kinds of brain issues. And But I see it a lot, so it's probably only going to get worse. Yeah, that and that's the really sad thing. Um, I personally know uh, some people in, in their 20s who uh, they were neglected um, for the first eight, nine years of their lives. Uh, they had... Um, drug addicted parents oh god and uh and then later on um those those markers are on them in how they you know how they see other people viewing them um so what we know from science is that any changes that happen in the in the brain how child is raised between those first 12 years of life it changes the brain but it also has epigenetic changes to their actual dna um so it's it's so disappointing to hear that parents would you know three years here's an here's an ipad the ipad's going to take care of you that's really sad i mean this is kind of turned (laughs) to more of a depressing side of things i think we were just kind of looking at the causes yeah but i I think i think the big thing that we can take away is that there's a lot of really good benefits from this hobby that we love that we participate in regularly i mean you know i think that gaming offers so much more and it's not just video games i mean tabletop gaming um board games, board games, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever it is, like it, they all can offer something to you. Um, whether you are, you know, diagnosed with something or not diagnosed with something and you're just, and you just need something to do. Um, it offer, it can offer the, the positive chemical brains, the endorphins that can be released in your brain. The, 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 I, I'm not even going to try to say which one it is because I'm drawing a blank on the dopamine. names of them, but dopamine, um, serotonin, all that stuff, you know, it can just boom and you, it, it makes you feel better. I mean, we, we know that there's such great potential with this medium of interaction. I mean, I was talking with a friend who is an avid reader and one of the things she's like, how do you play video games for hours on end when, and I said, well, how do you read a book for hours on end? And I said, video game, like a, a good storytelling video game to me is a good book to you. And I, I just get to interact with that medium. I get to live in that world in a more physical way, if you will, rather than an imaginative way. Um, I think one interesting uh, comment that I read or heard recently was talking about how it used to be books were made into movies. Um, And 
now we're making them into, you know, series on Netflix or whatever, because it gives us so much more opportunity to explore the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is when you read a book, you have to read several pages of descriptive description of the setting of the world of the characters um, of how they're feeling. And all of that is just done visually in film or, or TV. So you can convey, well, to, to abuse the expression, right? A picture's worth a thousand words. So you can convey a lot more in, in less time visually and take, I feel like games take that even a step further by letting you interact with the world, letting you feel what it's like to be there um, and giving you agency, giving you control. It immerses you that much more. And that's not, I love reading too, to be clear. Um, and I get immersed in the worlds that, that I'm reading about, but video games just take to me, take that up a notch or two. Yeah. They, they give you interaction on a more, is more visceral it's yeah. more real because yeah. i'm i'm doing it myself i'm in control which is why i think that allows people those that opportunity to confront those demons that they're dealing right. with and mm -hmm. it's a it's a, for me sometimes it's a great way to blow off steam it's just like i want to come home and i want to blow some shit up on my screen so you can punch <laughs> people in the face by not actually punching people in the face yeah because right. yeah. boy i got a long list of people i want to punch in the face Ooh. <laughs> Oh, hey now. Is, is that gonna uh, be... I, I told you I'm sorry, okay, Hop? Jeez. <laughs> Hop, I think that's going to be the next community question. I, in fact, I bet that's going to be who is on Hop's punch list. I'll tell you who's number <laughs> one. No, I won't, actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. Oh, oh I was holding my breath there. Yeah, this was that was ten. <laughs> All right, I was I, about I think... to rage quit. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know, it's funny. One thing that I was going to touch on is, um, Duke, I know you and, and White Ice uh, in the community have talked a little bit about um, feeling isolated and, and how sort of debilitating that can be. Um, one of the things that I have, I have a really strong passion for about video games is that they bring us together. And the social connection that you that you make, um, you know, people have gotten married, have made lifelong friends, have found a group of like-minded adults to share their passion and their fun with. I mean, that's to me what is so awesome about video games more so than any other form of entertainment is it can be a shared experience. Yeah. Right. And we can work together towards a goal and share that. Um, and while, you know, I won't say that it, it has the same gravitas as, you know, climbing Mount Everest together, the, the sense of accomplishment that we share, you know, beating that raid boss in Destiny or taking down uh, another team in, in um, Apex Legends or whatever it is, like that has real, that creates real connection between us. And it's a positive, uplifting thing. And like personally, I love uh, co-op PVE games because everybody's contributing to the same goal, and they do it kind of at their own level. You know, we joked about uh, uh, Sithy carrying you in in Destiny uh, Crucible, but like in a PVE game, 
you're just trying to beat the game. Right. So there's no there's no hard feelings on the other end of that. And I, I love that we can have that shared experience. Oh, for sure. That's one of the reasons why, like, I think Duke, you nailed it on the head earlier, was Tag has such a good community of people that want to work together. And, yeah, we get – we ruffle each other's feathers every now and then, and, and sometimes things – we love you, Ubo. <laughs> yes, we, we can get to a point where we we may joke about something and it may go too far, but we do know at the end of the day that eventually we can come back and say, "All right, let, let's keep going and let's keep working well, together." Let's keep. I don't know fun. if I can say that to Stud until he comes back for Halo Nine. He's pretty much on my <laughs> shit list right now. <laughs> He's the number one person that you want to punch in the face, isn't it? No, oh, man. <laughs> well. But you know, you know, Finn, to that point, right? My my three boys um, get along, you know, fantastically well, and and they sometimes push each other too oh far. My, sometimes yeah. get upset with each yeah, other. Yeah, my right? brother like, and I, when we were kids, we got along great. But every once in a while, we'd just be at each other's throats. Not for long, like enough to beat yeah, the crap out yeah. of each other. But <laughs> <laughs> but it would so be over much, and done with, and then we would be sitting on the couch playing Nintendo again. So yeah, pretty much what yeah. we're saying is we kind of have our own little video game family going on here. Right. Absolutely. But and and everything that goes along with it, right? I um, mean like I, I get it. And you know, we talk about social media and that have often comes up in like how is Discord social media, is it not? You know, does it get too much at times and, and we all sometimes need to take a break and unplug for a while and let it go and then come back later on and say, Hey guys, I'm back, I'm ready to go. Let's let's get back together and, and join in on this whatever game we're playing at this particular time. I mean, that's one of the things I enjoy about tag is we're constantly evolving with games and times and things that are going on. And we have the people who are, you know, dedicated to what they're playing. You know, we have our PUBG people, we have our destiny people, we have, uh, gems of war. Yeah. I mean, well, they're, they're a whole special breed. So, <laughs> uh, um, but, the, the point we love you gems of war players yes that too um i think the biggest thing that we can take away from this is there there's so many really good things that come out of gaming that that often does not get any recognition because of people want to use it as a buzzword they want to use it as something to tear down and now that our generation you know grew up with games is now old enough to be adults with games is going to continue to get older and then eventually will be geriatrics with games. <laughs> so we will, we should buy that domain now if it's not already. Yes, we should. <laughs> yeah. But how do we pronounce that? Quig? Geriatrics <laughs> with games. I don't know. Anyways, but my point is as gaming becomes more and more evolved and, and, permeates through more generations i mean my parents generations they're like what the what the hell video games is not really anything but now for me i'm gonna grow up with it i'm gonna play it probably till i can't see the tv anymore um and eventually you know my kids and those kids will games will become more commonplace they'll become considered more considered art and the they'll become like the halo and half-life will become the um gone with the wind and the you know whatnot equates to that so you know we'll see this grow and become the new 
norm, if you will. And hopefully we'll continue to see the benefits and people will talk more positively about gaming in the future. Well, I think, you know, you, you actually touched on something that just tickled me. Um, we've talked a lot of times at TAG about how, you know, our kids or kids in general have the time to devote to some of these games and play them, you know, obsessively because they just don't have as many obligations in life. And how wonderful will it be to be retired and not have anything to do but play games. So it'll be like this weird uh, valley where the number of gaming hours will be really low from like 25 to 65, but then, you know, it'll be really, really high the rest of your life. Um, and, I, and I have a, a, actually my like a bell, grandfather. It's like a bell curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Inverse bell curve. Yeah. Um, but but like my grandfather, I it just I don't know why this didn't occur to me before, but um, he retired uh, after many many years as a railway engineer, and he was used to working all kinds of crazy hours back then. They slept in the caboose. Um, for those of you who uh, remember what trains are, um, they had a, a a car at the end. They used to have a car at the end that was where the the engineers would sleep. And, um, you know, so he was on a completely weird schedule compared to my grandmother and he kind of had his own bedroom and we got him an SNES at one point. And I remember him, like he beat the shit out of Mega Man. Like he had everything done. He had, you know, a billion life capsules or whatever it was. I mean, I just, you know, he, he, cause he had nothing else to do. So he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to own this game. I'm going to beat the crap out of it. Um, and like again, it goes back to that was something that that was an outlet for him, and he may have been in the minority twenty years ago, but you know it's not going to be the minority soon. And I really hope that we continue to have great video games that that touch on mental health issues like Hellblade to give us all some empathy, but also the actual. Um, healing that can come from these games is really we're just starting to understand um bringing it back full circle to where we we began talking about you know uh the exposure therapy and you know how powerful could this be if we we continue to invest in it one of the things that's really neat there's there's a stigma around mental health and that's you know one of the things duke that i'm i'm always uh so uh, impressed with your courage in be, being willing to talk about your own experience and share that because, um, you know, not everybody is is willing to hear it and, and be sympathetic or, or share uh, their own experience. You know, they're, they're threatened by it. And, you know, putting, putting kids, for example, who are having trouble in a video game... Um, that is helping them learn to cope with some of their mental health issues without ever telling them this is to help you cope with your mental health right. issues is fantastic. Yeah. Like how, how wonderful will that be? Yeah. Or can that well, be? Well, and, and with mental health in general, um, there's a, there's a point where everybody, I believe, um, they're not aware at first that they have a mental health condition. Um, and they might even be resistant to it. Uh, they might resist their entire lives. I mean, that was basically my mother. Um, you can't 
make them recognize that. So having games as a means of kind of introducing it under the current without condemning them, without judging them, um, is wonderful. You don't have to worry about, well, gosh, how, how do I bring this up to them? Um, my grandmother's caretaker, she has, uh, well, one, one of her caretakers, she has bipolar disorder. Um, and uh, pretty extreme, not treated for it. Um, and she's at a point now in her life, I think she's in her 50s, where when it was presented to her, she basically had already given up and said, you know, um, I can never change. This is how I'm always going to be. I'm not going to seek help or anything like that. So if we can start children when, when there's still a chance to uh, change that thought process, uh, that's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're we're running up on an hour and a half here. Um, I think we could, as I say, talk about this probably uh, even more. But uh, being sensitive to our listeners, any uh, last thought, uh, Optimus, before we wrap up? Uh, no, just um, you know, enjoy gaming for what it is, and and uh, if you need to reach out to somebody you can hit us up on the adultgamer.com and we'll play some games with you and and uh you know take care of yourself out there fen how about you man what's up sorry <laughs> i said what any any, <laughs> any last thoughts Fenrir? <laughs> this is the voice in your uh, head unfortunately i had to go take care of the dog again <laughs> take is, care of this is like like yeah. Uh, take to, care of. Take care of. No, he had to go outside. Um, no, I, I think we've we've kind of went went hard at this, and uh, I think that we shared pretty intently what we we feel and believe in how it's important. So, I think it's important that this is a conversation that needs to be continually had and continually brought up with with people, and people need to hopefully find solace and peace and be able to share their experiences like Duke and, and grow from it and, and find ways to, to cope and become stronger. I don't know. Better. Words fail me now. Yes. (laughs) We have the technology. Uh, all right, Duke. Uh, what about you, sir? Um, gosh, it's hard to close it off with anything that isn't already said. Uh, I will just, uh, say personally that um, if anyone in TAG wants to uh, talk about their mental health struggles, that I'm, I am at a place now where I would be happy to listen as best as I can. Um, and then also that uh, while it didn't land on the day, October 10th was World Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, so this episode was kind of done to meet up with that recognize that and yeah yeah well and and i think um for me gosh i i i feel really passionately about mental health being something we need to talk about more um i i encourage anyone who is feeling like they might have a mental health issue to seek out a therapist a professional a psychologist a psychiatrist talk to a friend talk to somebody at tag that you trust um you know, it, 
it's through communication, through recognition that, that you can get better. But I can say, you know, you can be in a place in your life, no matter how bad it is, where you can be contented, you can be happy, you can, you know, want to get out of bed in the morning if, if that's your struggle. So um, don't ever think that it, that can't be for you. Um, you know, I, I, again, I love video games because they help bring us together. And so know that, that people are out here who have shared your struggle and, and are, you know, a sympathetic year. Um, all right. So last words, Mr. Hoptimus, where do we find you, sir? Uh, the adultgamer.com. Look for me under Hoptimus on Xbox Live. I'm Hoptimus Maximus with a one in place of the I in Maximus. Uh, hit me up if you want to do some co-op loot games, even though I'm on a little break. I'm on a break. <laughs> um, yeah, I also love retro games, so any kind of retro games on Xbox One that have co-op are fun, or uh, if you just want to bullshit about retro games. <laughs> I'm good with that too. Anyway, uh what about what about you? Who's next? You who? You who? Fenrir. Fenrir seven six five on Xbox Live. Give me an ad. We'll play some games together. Send him your quick uh or your uh mailbag question. Yeah, he needs he needs meat for his mailbag or something. <laughs> oh my yes. god. I need that. Oh boy. Meat and the cheese. Um <sighs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. Um, Duke, uh, where can folks find you, sir? Uh, the easiest place, of course, is Discord, where I just go simply uh, as Duke, or maybe I'll insert my name into a song lyric and change my name to that. I'm a spam bot on there, so it's hard to miss me. <laughs> I have uh, most of my game profiles in my link there, but just in case, I usually go by Duke the Doom on pretty much any platform. Nice. You, All right. Uh, I am available. All my gamer tags are at mellified.com. I'm on Discord as mellified. Most other places as mellified. Um, so, yeah, check us out at theadultgamer.com or on our Discord. Gentlemen, we need uh, some outro music. Boom, 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 bo